As I came in this morning, I had a brief chat with a grandfather and his grandchildren. The question that they were asking grandpa, that grandpa invited the minister to answer was, why do we call it good? This Friday is a funeral. This Friday is a painful look at suffering. This Friday is Jesus giving his life. And for a few moments, I want to invite you to stare into that pain until you understand why it is good, why it is a good Friday, why this suffering lets us see what we cannot see any other way. Keep looking with your soul's eyes at this place of pain, this moment in the world's history until you see God, yourself, and the church. Keep, keep focused on this pain till you see God. I understand that it's hard to look at pain. We, we don't want to see suffering, and we have an inbuilt kind of in, a response to turn our heads the other way. It's, it's, it's what we tend to do. And Jesus is described in the book of Isaiah with reference to this moment as a man of suffering familiar with pain, like one from whom People hide their faces. We hide our faces from pain. We turn away. And we're used to describing people with other kind of language. You know, he's a man of letters. Uh, she's a, a woman of authority. Uh, he's, he's a young person of promise. And the Bible describes Jesus as a man of pain, a man of suffering, a man of sorrows, and very much acquainted with grief and hurt. So, we need to look at this moment until we see God. Because the Bible says that God was at work in Christ reconciling the whole world to Himself. And when you take a soul look at the cross of Jesus and welcome the Spirit to open your eyes, it is possible to see God as you have never seen Him before. People ask a really sensible question. You've asked it yourself. Friends of yours who are far from God and will not attend a Good Friday service today ask it all the time, if there really is a God. Why doesn't he address the suffering in the world? Why doesn't he take it away? Why doesn't he deal with it? I mean, if there really is a God, why hasn't he erased pain from our lives? That question is food for atheists. That question feeds doubt. That question stirs up a deep challenge in us all. And philosophy has not provided a good answer, and theology wrestles with it all the time, but you have never heard an adequate answer that makes the trouble go away. It has something to do with the way this world created by God is fueled. It's fueled by love. It's fueled by selflessness. It's fueled by justice. It's fueled by grace. And human beings placed here with complete freedom, making bad choices, selfish attitudes, unjust actions, it unwinds something in this creation. It evokes something horrific. It's like putting petrol in your diesel engine. It doesn't run so well. And when this world and life in it is fueled with misalignment to God's values, things break down. The world is full of troubles. The world is full of evil. The world is full of pain. So why doesn't God come and clean it up? Well, Jesus 
entertains that question ever so briefly in a story that he tells about a farmer who had a lovely plot of land with lots of amazing productive seed that had borne a beautiful crop of wheat. But in among that wheat was a horrific crop of weeds with the tentacles wrapped around every sheath of wheat and the roots entangled good and bad beneath the ground. Someone asked Jesus, shouldn't we weed that garden? Shouldn't we pull out the bad plants? And Jesus says, no. He says, if we pull out all those bad plants right now, we will cause destruction to the good. This is what's going to happen. We're going to wait for the harvest. We're going to wait for the harvest, and when the harvest comes, it will all be taken down, and the good will be preserved and used, and the rubbish weeds will be dealt with at that time. And Jesus says, that's the picture of the world. Our, our thinking is naive. We tend to think that pain in the world is like a bad appendix. Why doesn't the great surgeon just cut it out? It turns out that pain in the world, suffering in the world, evil in the world, sin in the world is more like a rampant cancer that has, that has pushed its way deep into the souls of every human person. And when it is cut out and cut out completely, there are no humans left. When this evil is completely excised from the universe, the freedoms of human beings the very souls that we are, are gone. So what does God do? Well, you need to look at the cross to see. You need to look deep into the pain of Jesus to see. Because while I don't understand why God doesn't do things the way I would do them, I marvel at the way God does do things. He comes to us in pain. The Bible says that God was at work in Jesus reconciling the world to Himself. God showed His great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. This is the most powerful realization, that God is in the suffering. He is present in the pain. He doesn't, as God and Creator, the one who despises evil and hates our suffering, run away from it, he actually comes into our world. He actually positions himself at the center of the problem. He actually lives with us in pain, in suffering. There's nothing new about this. David, the great king of Israel, understood this. And he said in one of his most famous poems, that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, because you, God, are with me. It's amazing truth that God is with us in suffering. That's why you need to look at the cross of Jesus. Take a sustained look. Open the eyes of your soul for just, just a little bit of time on this special day until you can see the heart of God. I do not know why God does not do things the way that I would do them, the way that we think would be wise, but I am awestruck at the fact that God walks with us, comes to us in our pain. Have you suffered? Are you suffering? Are you walking with someone who is suffering? What do you do with that pain? Well, here is an amazing truth. God is with you in that pain and will not leave you. And that pain is but a valley, and when you are in that death shadow place, God is present with you. This is real love, says John 
in the letter that he wrote to the churches, that God loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. God in Jesus is addressing the suffering in the world. Wait for it. God in Jesus is addressing the weeds in our world, but he's doing it in a way that is full of love and invites us to receive his healing, to know grace and promise. So you need to keep looking at the cross until you see yourself in this suffering, until you see your own face in this story, until you, 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 you know that your own soul is caught up in what's happening on this cross. You won't see this anyplace else. You won't understand this anywhere else. But the Spirit of God speaks through this moment in history where Jesus dies to tell the whole world how much he loves the world and to tell you that your sin problem can be healed. It says in the book of Isaiah that he was assigned a grave with the wicked, though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. It's not for his own sins that Jesus is dying or for his own failings that he is gathered up in this drama. The psalmist goes on and says, surely he took up our pain and he bore our suffering. You need to keep looking at the cross until you see that. That this is for you. That he has died to heal you to heal me. This is grace. This is wonder. There was a young man who was about to have a very serious operation. He was young and uh, inexperienced in life, but very, very um, needful of a serious medical operation. And he had a close friend who was a medico. And this medical doctor said to the sick fellow, he said, when you come to the hospital on that particular day, I want you to come a few hours early. I'm just going to give you a bit of a tour of some of the hospital facilities and just, you know, encourage you before you have your operation. And so the chap came early with his serious medical condition and his medical friend showed him around the hospital and took him to the suite of operating rooms and took him into one particular operating room that was large and well-appointed. And this young fellow, very sick, about to go under the knife, looked around at everything in the room, all these people busily moving about, and he said, wow. He said, this is an impressive place. Look at all the machinery in here. Look at all the people in here. Look at all the technology. Look at all the capacity. This is incredible. And his medical friend turned to him and said, this is for you, mate. This is where you're going to have your operation. They're doing all of this for you. And the young fellow was overcome. And he wept. You need to keep looking with your soul's eye at the place of Jesus' suffering until you see it that way. Until you understand that this is for you. That this is a cosmic operation at great cost to God to address the sin problem rooted in humanity. And this is for you. This is for you. God loved the world so much and he sent his only son to die. And everyone who believes 
enters into an experience of grace and wonder. Isaiah goes on, he says, he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. I want to ask you this morning, on this Good Friday, have you experienced the peace of God? Have you experienced the healing of God? It is a beautiful thing. And you need to look at this cross with the eyes of your heart until you see not just a moment of violence, not just a, 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 a moment of, of, of memory and history, until you see your own self in this story because this was for you. And it is with the blood of Christ that your peace has been bought, your healing has been bought. And this is a visceral reality. People can experience the love of God and the forgiveness of God and the grace of God. You can experience these things in life-changing, profound ways. I know it's difficult to look at pain. I know we like to change the channel. I know we want to turn our faces away. But you need to see here in the cross what you will not see anyplace else, the love of God for this world and the story of your own soul the black on the cross depicts sin. It is a picture of our souls and our lives caught up in this sin problem in the world, which is an endemic cancer. And the red represents the blood of Jesus. In ancient times, they didn't have the me medical technologies that we have today. There weren't machines to measure and deep philosophical knife-edge arguments as to where life lay. There was breath and there was blood. And if we could see breath still in you, we knew you were alive. And if we could see your blood ebbing out of you, and a lot of it, we knew you were dying. And so breath always stands as this symbol for life, and blood, this picture of dying. And when the scriptures speak of Jesus giving his blood, what they're saying in bold terms is that Jesus gave his life. He spent that which was the most treasured thing that a human has as God was at work reconciling the world to himself. So when you look at the red on the cross this morning, it is a symbol of the condition of a soul that has believed in Jesus. It is the condition of a soul that has come under the operation of God's love and this sin rooted in human life can be eradicated. It can be healed. You can know peace. Do you know that truth today? Because that's what this cross is about. And you need to keep looking. You need to keep meditating. You need to keep studying the life of Jesus. You need to keep walking with him until you know that his blood has healed you, that his grace has set you free, that his peace has overwhelmed you. That's why it's good Friday. What an awesome amazing story, but you need to keep looking until you see the mission of the church. Because the cross tells us what we're supposed to do as the followers of Jesus. The cross is, is an image of how we're meant to live out our discipleship and sit in this broken world as very useful people. Jesus said to his disciples, now, 
you take a cross and follow me. And by that he meant, you walk in the sufferings of one another with the redemptive hope of God's love. Don't run away from it. Don't be the person who gets your own life sorted and then goes and hides away. Be the person who steps into the dramas of this world. Do you want to know who the church is? The church is the group of people who will still be here when everybody else has run for cover. The church are the people who will walk into the pains of this world with the hope of Jesus. Because you see, this story doesn't end today. You need to come back Sunday morning. My goodness, you need to hear Sunday morning. I'm going to give you a hint. Just in case you're busy, you need to know that on Sunday morning, we celebrate the fact that Jesus doesn't stay dead. He raises up from the grave. And that colors everything. It changes everything. That's why we can be this peculiar people who sit in the place of suffering and say, God's smile is here. My soul is at peace. I am healed. I am with you. I am for you. God's grace is among us. You can be healed. And God is going to set everything right. He's going to renew everything in unimaginable ways. That is the mission of the church. Not to run from pain, but to go to it. The cross is the place where we look and understand the heart of God, the condition of our own soul. And the very calling of the followers of Jesus, the very purpose of the church, the very mission to which we are summoned, to be the people who stand with others in pain, presenting the gift of healing, calling for responses of faith, and pointing to the Jesus who does not stay dead, but calls all of us to life, to life eternal. We're going to add one more color to the cross this morning. And I'll invite those who've been serving us to come to the platform again together with the musicians. We, the followers of Jesus Christ, are called to walk with others in their suffering because Jesus leads us in this work of justice, in this work of grace. He gives us the ministry of reconciliation. He calls us to be people who bring His light and grace and shine it in this world. We, his people, sit among those who suffer. We bring this hope, this truth, and we remain until he comes. Ours is a shining hope.